everybody, my name is Jamie Liu with the Brewing Bright Minds podcast. I'm here with Miss Dom, and we have a very special guest, Miss Natalie Waldman. Thank you for having me. Miss Natalie Waldman has been with us at our school, helping us support some of our students with speech services. And we just thought it would be amazing to have her join and bring her insight into the really loaded topic of speech language pathology. <laughs> Natalie, could you give us a little background on your experience? So yes, um, my background includes working, I've worked the full spectrum. I've worked with young children basically from two and I've worked with adults in skilled nursing facilities. So my background includes working in the public schools as well as in skilled nursing before starting my own private practice so I could specialize in the area that just really lights me up, which is preschool speech and language development. Um, I work with late talkers and children who are hard to understand. That's my jam. Perfect. Wonderful. And that's how we miraculously found you. So that's great. <laughs> that's great. Our first question is, what has led you to pursue a career in speech therapy? So my career is a little bit winding. I started, I completed an undergraduate degree in a related field and I moved abroad to the Netherlands for many years. Um, and while living in Amsterdam, I was an international executive recruiter. <laughs> wow. And when I moved back to the States, it was very different. Recruitment was not what I had in mind for the long term. And I kept thinking, like, what are the things that light me up? What are mm -hmm. the things I'm excited about? And mm -hmm. although it seems like a strange and unrelated path, I'm working with people who are internationals. We have languages. We have finding out what's important to people. We have mm -hmm. making connections. We have helping profession. So I was looking for something like that. And on my journey, I would ask everybody I met, like, how? what do you do and how do you like it? Mm -hmm. And one day I happened to be in um, my niece's gym class and I was in the lobby <laughs> sitting with a mom and I said so you know do you work outside the home and she said yes and she told me about speech language pathology and when I heard about it's about how the brain works it's about languages it's about helping people mm -hmm. it's about you know you can make it what you want you mm -hmm. can work with young children you can work with adults you can want work with a gamut I felt like that is I found my calling and I went back to school wow. after wow. having had a whole prior <laughs> career and I re-careered and it's the best thing I've ever done. Um, what I love about it is that there's a very clear process. Like mm -hmm. there's a difficulty that a child or their families and or their families are experiencing and we have clear ways to help and support families and that is really meaningful work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the field of speech language pathology, it's so <laughs> comprehensive and there's so many things involved. Um, how would you break it down to its fundamental principles to maybe somebody who doesn't know what the field is or maybe um, people who are interested in the field or majoring um, in it in college, things like that. Yeah. So speech language pathology is really broad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so when we go to school, we go to school for many years. You need an undergrad degree in communicative disorders, and then you go on to get your speech language pathology Masters. Mm -hmm. You could get a master's of science or a master's of arts, depending on your school's program. So um, 
a speech language pathologist actually works with anything that's kind of above the waist. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it includes the brain. Um, so for example, if someone has a stroke mm-hmm. and they need mm-hmm. to rehabilitate because they don't have access to their language or they have difficulty swallowing, mm-hmm. we help with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it also extends to language. So children who are perhaps stuttering, um, we call that fluency. That's a whole specialization in and of itself. Mm-hmm. It includes um, language. So what we do is we kind of parse out speech and language are kind of used interchangeably. Mm-hmm, Sometimes mm-hmm. people will say it's a speech delay. Um, mm-hmm. But we separate speech and language out. So speech is... Um, how we pronounce sounds to make words. So like the word the word mom has the mm, the ah, and the mm sound. So mm-hmm. that's what we call speech. It's mm-hmm. the sounds that make up words. We also work on language, which is two parts. Language is how we understand what people are saying. So oftentimes when our children are not a- appearing not to follow directions, it can mm-hmm. be because they're not understanding mm-hmm. what is that we're saying. Or maybe they have a hearing difficulty and we're Mm -hmm. having to tease that out. So I think it's maybe a two-part question. So Mm -hmm. one is if someone's thinking about going to school, what does speech-language pathology look like? So that looks like taking care of people from all ends of the spectrum, from Mm -hmm. infancy to elderly age. It can include things like feeding and swallowing in their early years. That's a specialization for those who are interested in that. It can be, as we spoke about, the speech, so pronunciation, Mm -hmm. um, which is my jam, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and language, right? So language we break down into two parts. One is the understanding. So Mm -hmm. kind of like if you've ever traveled to a foreign country, usually you can understand a little bit more than you can usually say. Mm -hmm. The same tends Mm -hmm. to be true of children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about language, we talk about receptive language. That's understanding language. So, for example, following directions, Mm -hmm. being able to answer when someone says, how old are you? And a child can say that they're two or they're three. That's that's their ability to demonstrate their understanding. Mm -hmm. And then we also have expressive language, which is how we put words together to formulate language. Expressive language also includes any way that we communicate. Mm -hmm. So it can also include sign language Mm -hmm. or for some individuals who are non-speaking, they may use um, an alternative communication device such as an iPad to communicate for them where they push the buttons and it helps them communicate. So that's, that's in a nutshell kind of what someone looking to go back to school or looking at Mm speech-language pathology, um, those are the areas that they might consider or have Mm -hmm. an interest in. Mm -hmm. And as far as parents are concerned, Mm -hmm. I think that most parents are looking, the primary things that I hear most from parents that come to me is, my child's not talking yet. What should I do? Um, I can't understand my child when they speak. What should I do? Um, and so usually those types of things fall under the speech, so that mm-hmm. pronunciation and the language piece. And so it's um, important for parents to kind of think about and evaluate and teachers in the classroom to see um at home, is my child having an issue understanding me mm-hmm. and uh, hearing me and understanding what I am saying? Um, and so they're not kind of making sense of what I'm saying and able to follow directions or to um, you know carry out the tasks that they want to do 
versus they have it all there. You can see that their understanding is there. However, their ability to articulate mm. has not been developed quite yet. And mm. so they'll nod, they'll gesture, they'll do other things, which is all part of language mm -hmm. and speech because mm -hmm. they're communicating. Mm -hmm. um, however, their ability to verbally articulate mm -hmm. what they want to communicate is not quite there. So for parents and teachers to understand when you're observing uh, your child, what are you noticing? And that's very valuable for you to know in terms of their, their treatment and their program. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between communicative mm -hmm disorders, um, as well as a speech and a language disorder? Mm -hmm. So when we talk about communication disorders, we're usually, and there could be lots of them, right? Because mm -hmm. we talked about mm -hmm. the whole gamut that a speech language pathologist addresses. But for the purposes I think of today is we're probably talking more about the preschool years, what you might be observing in your school right. or what parents might be observing at home. So kind of the most common things we're looking at are speech and language. So language first is that understanding piece. When I think about um, describing that. Sometimes I think about kind of when you grow a flower below the soil, you, the roots are established and you can't see them. What you do see is the sprout that blossoms above the soil surface. So when we think about language, receptive language or understanding piece is the stuff that happens mm -hmm. below the soil. Mm -hmm. You can't really see it, but it needs to be there in order to create a sprout for the expressive language. That's the vocabulary words, which most parents are really, and educators are real keyed into. Mm -hmm. When it comes to understanding language or receptive language, the thing that we need to be aware of is that we need to tease out, like we're talking about toddlers who are mm -hmm. developing their sense of self. Mm -hmm. They may understand what we're saying and they may choose not to cooperate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so our job is to tease out, is it that this child doesn't choose to cooperate mm -hmm. or are they unable to cooperate? And sometimes... Um, it can be a little confusing and, and people tend to think like, oh, this child is misbehaving mm -hmm. when really we come to find out maybe they're not hearing properly mm -hmm. or maybe they're not understanding. So the first rule of thumb, anytime we have any concern about a child's ability to understand is we suggest a hearing test. Mm -hmm. So let's find out for sure that this child's hearing. And people say, but my kid can hear a pin drop in the other room. And I'll say, that may be true, but they might not be hearing all frequencies. Mm -hmm. And sometimes young children will have ear infections and it can make it sound as though everybody else is underwater. Mm -hmm. So I recently had a client uh, that I evaluated and this child wasn't really responding um, to their name um, or really engaging much back and forth. And the parents had mentioned uh, sleep disturbances and they mentioned that uh, the child wasn't eating very well and that the child had had frequent ear infections. Mm -hmm. So the first recommendation is let's just get a hearing check. And the parents said, but I just had one maybe like six or nine months ago. I said, you know what? just do me a favor, let's just do it again. Because what happens is ear infections can cause fluctuations in hearing. Mm -hmm. And they're not always noticeable. Like mm -hmm. sometimes we know, right? Mm -hmm. Our children are in pain and mm -hmm. it's very obvious. But sometimes it's not. And for those children, they can miss out on hearing for long periods mm -hmm. of time. Interesting. So this child, the hearing was checked. 
turned out the child was not hearing well. Um, in addition, the sleep disturbances, I like to look at children really holistically. Mm-hmm. So I said, let's have an ENT look at this. If the child's not eating and they're snoring, snoring's not typical, mm-hmm. let's have mm-hmm. them checked out. And it turned out this poor child's airway was obstructed. Oh. So they weren't hearing well and they weren't breathing well. Oh, so no. then they weren't sleeping well. So when we look at our children, when they're not understanding, maybe there's more to the mm-hmm, picture. Mm-hmm. Um, so first thing you want to do, want to check their hearing to rule that out. If they're not sleeping well or we're noticing that they're snoring or um, and that's a consistent mm-hmm. thing, you know, if you're not sleeping well, you're going to have trouble mm-hmm. kind of keeping it together. Right. And yeah. so it may look like you're not understanding when really you're just not feeling mm-hmm. your best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And could that be um, like waking up in the middle of the night mm-hmm. as well or even um, – like, you know, every child is, every child fights bedtime. They never want to go to sleep. But mm-hmm. um, things like fighting bedtime and waking up in the middle of the night and snoring, like you said, are all mm-hmm. of those kind of mm-hmm. what you mean by sleep disor- or sleep disturbances? Yeah. So sleep disordered breathing is something that we look for. So when a child is snoring, that's not typical. Now, of course, mm-hmm. everybody has an occasional cold mm-hmm. and then that's going to, they're going to be snoring right, or maybe right, right. they're really, you know, knocked out. But as it, as Healthy breathing means that children are um, breathing through their nose with their lips closed, mm-hmm. and that should be mm-hmm. through the day and at night. Okay. So if you hear your child snoring and it's a regular thing or they're really um, – they move around a lot in their beds, like they're very active sleepers, mm-hmm. frequent wakings, their mouth is open during mm-hmm. the day. We look at those things to – there's just pieces to the puzzle that we keep in mind because, again, if you're not – sleeping well you're going to have trouble probably Mm -hmm. keeping it together Mm -hmm. during the day and following directions and communicating so it can be a part of the puzzle and many times Mm -hmm. we're looking at the child holistically we notice oh we need to go to the ENT and you know the child that was speaking about their adenoids and tonsils were so enlarged that they had a very narrow airway they weren't breathing Wow. wow. So when you put it all together, like you're not breathing because you're waking up all night, you're fighting bedtime, which mm-hmm. toddlers fight bedtime. Right, right, it's right. not necessarily, <laughs> uh, you know, means something clinical, but if they're waking up frequently and they're not sleeping well and they're not eating well mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they're not responding pretty regularly, we need to look in a little more deeply. Mm-hmm. So for the purpose of parents, have your child's hearing checked if you have a concern. And um, when it comes to understanding, what I tell parents is sometimes we don't know if a child's choosing not to follow direction or they don't understand. And so I have strategies that I recommend irrespective. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So there's, for example, a great strategy called Tell, Show, Help. This is by um, Laura Mize, is kind of one of the gurus of early intervention for speech-language pathology. And that's about kind of giving the minimum amount of support for a child and then adding support as needed. So, for example, you tell your child, um, it's time to go to school, go get your shoes. And they don't. <laughs> now, maybe they choosing they're choosing not to, or maybe they're not understanding. Mm-hmm. So the next thing, mm-hmm. besides telling them, the next step up is you show. So tell, then you show. So I might point to the shoes and say, "Put your shoes on." I've given them two mm-hmm. ways to take in that information visually as well as verbally. Let's say that still doesn't help. 
then we get to the help. So it's a, I think of it, I have a step ladder. I have, I think mm-hmm. I have a visual on my Instagram or on my mm-hmm. blog. It's basically tell, show, help. Help means, okay, my child hasn't gotten their shoes. I'm going to gently take their hand and say, let's go get your shoes. And we're walk over together and pick up the shoes together. It's never punitive. Mm-hmm. It's never, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's just whatever we did first wasn't enough help. Right. We're going to add a little layer of support. Mm-hmm. And that works. Maybe it is a behavior and they don't feel like putting yes. their shoes on. Right. <laughs> That's okay. We can help them get there. Mm-hmm. But if they're not understanding, these strategies are also really helpful mm-hmm. for supporting that communication. Yeah. So. And I think that's really important because I think um, for, you know, for educators, for teachers, for anyone who works with such young children, um, for the ones, you know, who if if you're like running late for something and you are just trying to get out the door, I think that's where the frustration comes and you start to get frustrated um, and maybe you just put their shoes on for them and, mm-hmm. and go out the door really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at that point, it's kind of they're not learning to put their shoes on. They're just learning that they're kind of in a rush. Yeah. So I think that's important um, for everyone to just kind of stop and remember that taking a little bit more time to show them, help them, tell them, mm-hmm. like you just said, mm-hmm. um, it's just bettering them. Yeah. It's bettering the child. And tell, show, help is a great strategy, but maybe you don't have time. Like right. realistically, <laughs> right. like some days you just got to get out yeah, the yeah, door. Yeah. And so no shame in that game. Mm-hmm. It's just a, something, a strategy that parents or educators can keep in their right. pocket for when that works for them. Mm-hmm. Right. Because sometimes you do just have to get to yeah, school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, giving time. Yeah. And, and that's a hard thing, especially today. Yeah, we're very, so very hard. busy. Yeah. Yeah, and that what you mentioned, um, it not being in a punitive manner, that's yeah. what's the hard part. Yes. But how, yes. <laughs> how so can we? Hard. Yes. But if we keep like if we keep rushing out the door every yeah. single time, then we're not allowing those self self help skills right. and yes. giving them the time. Maybe they just need time. I have yes. we have so many students yeah. where they want to do the task. However, they just need the time to go at their pace. Mm -hmm. And so as Mm -hmm. parents, we just need to give them that grace and that time so that they can do it in their own way. Mm -hmm. Um, But I love that formula because Mm -hmm. then it kind of gives parents that mantra of, First, I'm going to tell (laughs) that that we need to to give um, our our children that that time as well. So that's huge. That's great. Thank you so much for joining us. I feel like a lot of the things we discuss uh, absolutely resonate with a lot of the families out there. So please, if you have anything to share, uh, feel free to chime in and comment below. We'd love to open up the dialogue with the community. Yeah.